Who are the breakout stars for the Cowboys on defense this year? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how's it going, sir? It's going well. Uh, it was nice to kind of go back and watch this tape again this week. I, I actually saved the defensive tape a little bit uh, for the, the later in the afternoon as a treat, which That's is always treat, fun yeah. to, to save yourself a treat. Uh, but, yeah, lots to talk about. Obviously, uh, defense, uh, unsurprisingly, was really a lot of fun to watch. And, and, frankly, the offense wasn't so bad to watch either. They were doing some interesting stuff. It just wasn't always as successful as you'd hoped. Yeah, so we're going to talk about some of the all-22 notes that we have uh, from this game. But I want to start on defense. You guys know Micah Parsons. You know Trevon Diggs and Demarcus Lawrence. Those guys are making big plays every single week. We don't have to talk about them every week, although it's a lot of fun. I I will say there's a lot of fun to talk about Micah Parsons. But let's talk about some of the other players on defense that have really had breakout seasons seasons and breakout performances like in Week 5. Who would you say was the biggest breakout star from week five? You know, it's interesting because last week you, you would say it was uh, Donovan Wilson without a doubt, right? Yep. He clearly had a huge game. This week it, it just felt like it was a, a crew of folks kind of cycling in and out. Um, I really thought that, you know, the kind of uh, all the defensive events. I mean, we talked about Parsons, we talked about D-Law, but Doran Armstrong, Sam Williams – uh, uh, Dante Fowler all all played really really fantastic games, uh, and I think that that's been like a huge boost to uh, the Cowboys' ability to you know not obviously only have to rely on Micah Parsons though Micah Parsons is obviously the, the, what's generating you know the, the the attention of the pass rush. The fact that those other guys are able to kind of get in there and eat on a regular basis has been really really important. Uh, and then kind of continuing inside, I thought both Tristan Hill and Odigizua had fantastic games on Sunday. Um, Odigizua is a guy that we 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 just we know has has been a player. He's just he's made plays. It seems like every week, uh, the numbers of plays has has kind of increased uh, as we've gone along. But but I think uh, a guy that that you know we didn't know what to expect for. Uh, before the season uh, and, and kind of has really shown out is Tristan Hill. I just, I've been really impressed with his ability to kind of be moved up and down the defense. He's just mm-hmm. so physical and he's, and he's so hard to keep blocked. I mean, he's just, he just is a handful constantly yep. and it just ha- plays with such energy and, uh, and relentless, relentlessness. Um, and, and that, you know, that really showed up in tape and he really was, you know, a handful inside, especially, you know, what, what the Rams were struggling with was, was a lot of kind of their interior offensive line depth and the fact that the Cowboys were able to, you know, kind of attack that part of yep. their weakness with all the people I just mentioned, not just the tackles, like we, those guys, Orange Armstrong, Sam Williams, all those guys got chances inside. Fowler made a couple of different great stunts yep. twisting inside. So 
Uh, all of those guys were able to make huge plays in the game uh, and, and really kind of keep that pressure up throughout the game, even when Parsons was on the sideline dealing with a groin injury. And that's really impressive. All right, let, let's let's do a little bit of a deep dive into Osa Odikizua, the Cowboys' second-year defensive tackle. Um, here's the list through five games, Landon, of players with a higher pass rush win rate at defensive tackle than Osa Odikizua. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald. That's the list. Ah, wow. Uh, that's quite a list. And, and here, and here's the – according to Pro Football Focus, Aaron Donald has a 19.8% win rate, which is incredible. That's Osa is 19.6. And then there's really nobody close to him. Like that's, that's where – obviously, he's not Aaron Donald. But the performance and the play that you've got, gotten from Osa Digizua is that of a Pro Bowl caliber defensive tackle through five games. You know, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that uh, Donald is the is the Parsons on his defense, and, yep. and he's and he's producing that high pressure rate despite all the attention that he's going to get. And, and Osa is not getting that attention, but that doesn't take away from what Osa is doing. I mean, no. other players across the league are getting similar attention to Osa and not able to produce at the rate that he has. So I just think that it shows you what kind of player he has developed in, he, into. He's always had the physical traits. Uh, you know, we talked about it when he got drafted, just a kind of stumpier, explosive guy with long arms who has a wrestling background. So he's got a lot of, of uh, core and body strength and, and, and uh, balance, which is really key inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he's made a transition last year from being kind of a effective but undersized one technique to – a three, a guy that they can move all over and he can just attack passing, pass blocking schemes and, and just really oh. has blossomed into his a role really well. It's amazing. Uh, it's his transformation from what he was at UCLA to what he did as a rookie yeah. to what he is doing now. I mean, it's awesome. And if you're getting play, like you mentioned, Tristan Hill, who had a really strong game in week five, and you're getting solid play from Neville Gallimore and Chauncey Golston's kicking inside sometimes. Suddenly you have a very talented interior defensive line. And frankly, Atlanta, that's, that's the difference. You can have you, you see across the NFL, there's teams that have three superstars on defense, but their defenses are still not good because you need those kind of complementary players in the depth yeah. in order to get through games. And when you have somebody like Osa and you have somebody like Dorrance Armstrong and somebody else who we're going to talk about in just a second, that's what takes your defense from really good to elite and can win games single-handedly. It's not enough to have like versatility, right? Like, I mean, I think unless you, especially with your superstar players, it's great that they're versatile, but if you don't have other players on your defense that can um, fit into all the uh, positions that were vacated by moving that, that, you know, superstar player around on your defense, then, you know, you're you're just creating a weak link in a different part of the defense, right? The fact that they're able to sub in, you know, I mean, and look, look who's taking snaps inside. It's not just the defensive tackles. It's Sam Williams. It's Dorrance Armstrong got his sack inside. Demarcus Lawrence has destroyed dudes when he's going against the guards. So uh, just the opportunity and, 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 and for guys to be able to, you know, play all these techniques inside and out, uh, it really makes it difficult for the offense to kind of keep track and isolate where your best players are and, and make it kind of counteract what you're doing because yep. you can just move them wherever you need them. All right. You mentioned another player that I want to talk about that was, I, I thought was incredible uh, on Sunday, but before we get to him, we want to tell you about a new sponsor, Tommy John. You guys probably mm-hmm. already know Tommy John because they have the absolute best underwear out there right now. Fall 
is chaos in your pants. Yes, I said it. Fall is chaos in your pants. You're overheating one second and you're freezing the next, especially around here. It absolutely mm. sucks. To be ready for anything, you need underwear that can handle everything. It's time for Tommy John underwear. And Tommy John underwear, you're just that much more comfortable and you can do everything better. Tommy John's breathable, lightweight fabric has four times the stretch of competing brands that come with a no wedgie guarantee thanks to a non-rolling waistband and legs that never ride up. Plus, they feature a horizontal quick draw fly with over 17 million pairs sold. People love Tommy John underwear. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. I mean, listen, I've had Tommy John for a couple of years now because there was another podcast I was listening to that was sponsoring uh, them and tried them out. Absolutely phenomenal. Plus, everything is back with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. Go to TommyJohn.com slash LockedOn right now for 20% off your first order. That's 20% off at TommyJohn.com slash LockedOn. Again, TommyJohn.com slash LockedOn. See site for details. Sounds like they're the Micah Parsons of uh, yes. underwear. They can yes. be put, put anywhere for any Very condition. versatile. Yes. Very versatile and flexible. Yes. Excellent uh, job. Let's talk about Sam Williams. Um, yeah. You mentioned him. You actually sent me a couple notes uh, about the All-22 uh, from this game. I think you were just as impressed with Sam Williams as I was. Give me your thoughts. You know, it's it's a cumulative thing, I think. You know, it, it, obviously the game itself was very impressive. He, he was just physically dominating guys, uh, throwing dudes around, uh, you know, was able to kind of sniff out a couple of plays, uh, including a, a screen game. And I think that that's where it's getting uh, fascinating to me, too, is that um, you know, as he's kind of gotten some experience, he's uh, he's seeing the game a little bit better. He's understanding what teams are doing to him. I think the thing that's really impressive again is that you know you throw. It's hard enough to throw a uh, a rookie defensive end out there and, and and you know try to get production and and, and hope that he uh, you know can pick it up and and you know, going and get savvy offensive tackles. But what they've actually asked him to do is go out there and play some defensive end, go out there and play some uh, four-eye, go out there and play some three technique. He's been going against guards. He's been going Mm -hmm. inside the tackle. um, And it hasn't been too much for him. And, in fact, that versatility, his head may have been spinning a little bit early on, but that versatility and that ability to kind of move him around, it's much like what we just talked about with Parsons. It started out as a situation where you're hoping to get positive snaps at the opposite spots of where you're moving these other guys in. But what's actually happening now is his physicality, his uh, power has transformed uh, his usefulness from just being an explosive outside pass rusher to a real game wrecker inside, Mm -hmm. man. I mean, he's, he's really hard for these uh, guards to stop because you know, he, he gets up field so quickly like a defensive end. Uh, and then he plays with such power. I mean, I think that's the thing that's just been shocking since having him arrive on the team is we all knew about the explosion. We all knew about the speed that he had. Uh, none of those things were surprising to us. I think, you know, one thing I really feel like I'm going to start adjusting with my kind of evaluation of some of these defensive ends is, you know, when guys are this violent, you know, like just, just like their game is not finesse, man. Like he gets, he gets up the field, like some of those, like, 
I think about Harold Landry. I think about him yeah. coming out of college, right? Like, and he was a was a you know an explosive guy that you wanted to just kind of work on the rest of the aspects of his game, right? To me, what what I feel like a lot of people, including myself, missed with Sam Williams is that he had that level of NFL violence from day one, you know, and was ready to play a violent game. Well, and, and that's the that's advantage so of playing in the SEC as well, yeah, right? Like, absolutely. you play SEC offensive linemen, you can't be a finesse player or you're just going to get run all over. And yeah. that's, that's a, a, something that he already has in his toolbox. A uh, couple PFF stats on him really quickly. The Cowboys have increased his pass rush snaps in every single week. And it's not a coincidence that his grade has gone up every week. I'll, I'll just read them to you. Week one, 28.5, yeah. 38.5, 38.0, 63.1, 91.6 in week five. On top of that, what you're seeing is, just growth, right? Here's his win rates uh, since week one. Zero, zero, eight, 18.2, 25.0 in week five. One of the highest graded defensive ends in the NFL in week five. And he's playing a lot of snaps. Like he was only playing a few snaps per game in the early part of the season. He played 44 on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think the plan had always been let's let's get him out there. Let's see what he can do. Clearly, he's a physical specimen. Look, there was always something about him that we that we needed to kind of discover, right? It, it, like some of the 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 uh, the pre uh, pre draft you know analysis on him. Look, there was some off field stuff that kind of clouded yeah. his evaluation, obviously. But even the pre draft evaluation didn't quite match up to what. You know, like it felt like there's a cognitive dissonance. Like, oh, okay, this guy's you know got a lot to learn. You know, he's he's yeah, he's explosive, but he's he's got a lot. He's got a long ways to go with his hands. And 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 you're sitting there looking at it like, yeah, but he also had 13 and a half sacks in the SEC last year. And he's a great that, athlete. That, you know, that, it's like, hey, I'll figure it out. Translate. And so he did. Like they, they, the Cowboys, to their credit, you know, were not afraid to throw him out there, see what he could do, and and not just feel like they had to isolate him as a defensive end, as a right defensive end or a left defensive end and silo him into one thing. They felt they found that they they knew he had a skill set that they could use right away. He just is such a physical specimen. Uh and they weren't afraid to kind of give him a non traditional role to kind of play into mm-hmm. early on. And it's it really paid dividends. I mean you, you put the numbers out there. That that jump from eight eight percent win rate to eighteen yep. is about as about as big a jump as you're gonna get. So if he can maintain, you know, a, a, an above eighteen percent win rate. Yeah, if he if he's hovering around <laughs> I, man, if he's hovering around fifteen percent, I'd be thrilled. I mean, oh, yeah. I'd be thrilled. Absolutely. I mean, he's up at eighteen. We're having a different conversation about Sam Williams. Seriously. Party at the quarterback every week. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We we should also mention one more defensive end. I just want to spend a couple of minutes on him. Torrance Armstrong. Armstrong. Yeah, I mean, jeez. We, we saw him make a leap in, in year four, which was last year, right? Like he went from a, I don't know, what do you want to say? A mediocre player to an average player um, in 2021. And I feel like he's gotten even better this year. I I still think probably borderline starter is probably what he is on defense. However, his impact is goes way beyond just making plays on defense. And listen, we, we talked about it this last year, but like he is legitimately a great special teams player. Like this isn't a fluke what he's doing now on special teams. I, I, I would disagree a little bit just uh, on the sense that I think he's a starter. You know I mean? I think he's starter level quality. And the fact is that he's kind of, part of a rotation as your third guy, I guess the best way to put it is, is incredible. And, and I think that 
that is that value of getting kind of starter level snaps at a you know a variety of positions because again let's let's talk about what what Armstrong's done he's he's kind of been moving in around a lot too I mean he got his sack inside against a guard as well um you know so I, I think that that ability for Armstrong who even more so than the rest of these guys has a level of versatility to you know, kick inside to rush against the guard. He obviously has a defensive end skills. We've seen him, you know, kind of play out of a two point stance and drop into passing lane cover, uh, uh, passing lanes if he needs to. So, uh, I just think that he has uh, uh, starter quality traits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, we can we can haggle about that. That's a that's a very you know nebulous term, but I think that the thing that really kind of boosts that value even further is that he gives you that quality at a variety of different positions, and and he's really the glue guy. I think he like he's the yes. guy that kind of makes he you know oh we're gonna move Parsons over here, uh, Armstrong make it work over on where he was, you know, and I think that that's that's an incredible trait they, to have again. They win in different ways, but it reminds me a little bit of Tyrone Crawford, where hey yeah, we, we've yeah. got Demarcus Lawrence, we've got Randy Gregory, hey. Crawford, just go win your matchup and be good enough that you know hey, you can win fifteen percent of the time as a pass rusher. Like that's what Dorrance Armstrong is doing. Plus, giving you monster plays on special teams, like game-changing plays on special teams, two, three times a year now. Like this is not a fluke. Yeah, I mean he's a special teams ace. I think it's pretty safe to say at this point. And 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 that plus his defensive uh, usefulness. I mean to be able to play in any spot and play it at at least an average level. That's 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 a valuable piece. All right, let's talk about the offense. But before we do that, I'll tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every single sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including NFL, NBA, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's talk about the offense, which is far less exciting. Um, What were just some of your big takeaways after watching the film? I mean, my biggest takeaway is that Aaron Donald was the best player on the field (laughs) on Sunday. I mean, he's pretty good wasn't really close. I mean, he was, I mean, Parsons had a really great, great game too, but Donald was all up and down the line. He destroyed everyone he played against, whether it was Tyler Smith at left tackle or Zach Martin at right guard, yep. he was destroying everybody. Uh, and so basically the Cowboys, you know, were, were trying to figure out ways to adjust to what he was doing and get away from him, you know, whether, and it was kind of what we talked about, like whether it was getting pitches outside or, trying to run wide zone away from him and just figure out a way to seal him off on the backside. Uh, you know, they, they had to find a way to get the ball out quickly to playmakers and just watch out for Aaron Donald. And it, it was a struggle at times, it was, no matter who he was lined up against. Um, I, just not kinda, surprising. Yeah. Just to kind of come kind of just a bunch of notes just to throw at you. Dalton Schultz doesn't look right. Yeah. And I and I think it might be time to consider like cutting back his snaps a little bit until just he shut can, him down. Just, just shut, shut him down, down and see and see if he can you know get McEwen up for a week. See if he can just get Schultz to get back to a closer healthy. He's just not explosive. You know he's not he's not cutting the way he was. He's rounding off his routes. 
that out route early in the game to Schultz on the first drive. I, I'm pretty sure, you know, it was a, it was a it was an outside throw, but I'm pretty sure that Rush was expecting Schultz to be a little bit further along mm-hmm. in his route when he threw the ball. So I, I just throwing that out there. Um, I thought that they were doing some really interesting kind of mixture of, of personnel and kind of motions and stuff. You know, we saw a lot of stuff in the run game early, especially some orbital motions. Uh, we saw more of uh, Zeke in the kind of fullback role. They got a couple carries there. Which is uh, great saw- out, by the way. That's that use him there more often on short yards. It's just when he gets the ball that quickly and he can go right up the middle. It's impossible to stop him from getting a yard. Yeah, and then eventually, you know, there's going to be a, a situation where defenses are going to try to overcompensate for that, and then that Pollard pitch is going to really hit at some point. Get a ton so, of yards. Yep. Yeah, and, and you know, I think all of that, and then you know, some of the interesting kind of triple option plays that they were running. I, I don't know if Cooper Rush is the quarterback I want running for that. But when Dak it's not back, ideal for that, I wouldn't think. When Dak gets back, I'm all for that. I really sure. liked it. Was kind of a belly option with with a pitch with a pitch option out to the outside. Um, you know, I think there's some interesting stuff that they, the Cowboys were doing to kind of just seem seemingly mix things up a little bit and kind of keep them off their toes. Um, I'll give but, you one more, uh, yeah. and I want your thoughts. Dallas still has a major left guard problem, a major left guard problem, and I don't know if it's because of Connor McGovern still being hurt. Like it's a high ankle sprain, and like that stuff is going to linger. But like, it's still by far the weakest spot on their offensive line. Yeah, I, I actually thought that McGovern played okay. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he definitely still is dealing with that ankle. Uh, but there was, you know, look, he, he on that Pollard touchdown, he handled uh, Donald basically by himself. It was kind of reminiscent of uh, of uh, Connor Williams and, and, you know, the the underserved, the under, under-talented left guard of the Dallas Cowboys uh, blocking Aaron Donald yeah. randomly is kind of a – a weird tradition here in Dallas Cowboys land, but I would say for the most part, you know, let's, we, I'd love to get some positive news on Jason Peters to, to kind of at yeah. least give us options there. I think McGovern may be okay once he kind of heals up, but you're right. He, he's not a hundred percent yet. He's out there battling. It certainly was better than it was last week, but it's still not good. I would agree. And you can see what, what the Cowboys thoughts were during the draft, right? Hey, we'll draft Tyler Smith. We'll let him play left guard this year when Tyron's playing left tackle. And then eventually we'll kick him out the left left tackle, right? But with the Tyron injury and now the Jason Peters injury, they've had no choice but to play Tyler Smith at left tackle. And it just leaves a big hole at left guard. It's it's kind of unfortunate because I really wonder how good could this offensive line have been if Tyron Smith was healthy and you had Tyler Smith playing left guard. Because I think and, you could have been moving people off the line. And really the biggest loss is that Farniak is no McGovern at fullback. That's no, the real. I mean, I mean it's, we're joking, but it's true, right? Yeah. Honestly, I felt like, and we saw some of the mini Hulk package where they had that kind of uh, full house with six O line and then actually yeah. one tight end. You know, they're they're doing a little bit more of that stuff. Uh, you know, I think that overall, just to kind of move off the offensive line a little bit. You know, they they were on the ground too much. You know, yeah. I think Tyler Smith had a pretty decent game despite you know, two or three terrible snaps versus Aaron Donald that everyone had to face. But for for the most part, I would say that the offensive line spent entirely too much time on the ground. But, you know, look, they did what they needed to do to win the game, but 10 first downs is not going to not gonna cut it every week. And, and that's a lot of that I felt like was on the offensive I, line. I 100% agree. They just need to play better. Um, I thought Terrence Steele was fine again. I actually didn't think Zach Martin played his best game. I thought no. he could have been a little bit better, but – 
Um, yeah, they need to help out their quarterback. The receivers need to help out their quarterback as well. Like on third downs, Michael Gallup and CD Lamb, when the ball hits your both your hands, make the play. Like, yeah, please. This is you need to when you have a backup quarterback. But I'm going to give you 30 seconds, Lana, before we head out. Was that Tony Pollard's fault on the the Jalen Ramsey sack? Yeah, I think it was simply because. You know, you, you have five-man protection schemes where the quarterback is uh, responsible for the free runner. You don't have very many six-man protection schemes where the quarterback is is responsible. Now, I understand that the, the back is usually in a lot of these protections. He's working inside out threat-wise, but you got to identify that. I mean, you got to see that he's uncovered and he's coming. And, 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 you know, he kind of very briefly just, looked outside and then kind of yeah. almost immediately went inside where, where he just absolutely was not needed. So I think it was his fault. You know, that's not a physical ability thing. That's a mental thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's, that's where, you know, people get confused about the difference between him and, and, and Zeke is, you know, it's not that Zeke is physically, I mean, Zeke is physically bigger and stronger than him, yeah. but that's not what the problem. The problem is that Zeke goes into the quarterback rooms and understands the protections as well as Dak probably. So uh, that's that's just a mental error. I'm sure they'll get that cleaned up, and it won't be a problem in the future. Yeah, I, I saw some different people debating that play. Some people that, I mean, really know X's and O's, and there's some difference of an opinion. But regardless, somebody's got to make that block, whether that's Pollard, whether it's Cooper Rush identifying it pre-snap. That kind of stuff can't happen. And hopefully that's what the Cowboys will clean up over the next couple of days. Remember, we're peeking through keyholes here because, yep. you know, we just, we're just going by general protections because I yep. don't know what specifically they have in the game plan. So it's always important to add that context. Though. Yep. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, all the same places that you get the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. Uh, check us out over on YouTube. Uh, please subscribe, like our videos over there. We'll be back on Wednesday to answer your Twitter questions, so make sure that you send them to me at Marcus underscore Mosher. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. We'll see you guys next time.